Hi there, beautiful soul. Since the last podcast and video that I updated, it's already quite a while ago in the beginning of November, where I talked about everything that you wanted to know about chronic fatigue syndrome and long COVID, etc., etc. I received a few comments about post-viral fatigue and long COVID, how that must be something completely different. And that is something that I would like to dive into in this podcast. Make sure you're not rushed when you listen to this, expecting to listen and hear that one thing that I might say somewhere in between and scanning through it as fast as you can. That would be stress. That would be fight or flight. That would be running away from yourself again in order to find something outside of yourself that can heal you. Stress hormones, not helpful. So therefore, do the opposite. Take your time. Be with yourself. Maybe be in a pleasant place. Look around you a little bit. Feel your body a little bit. Where does it touch the surface? Do you notice your breath? And then take a nice and deep breath. And let it all out at once. I am already embodying a skill that many people with post-viral, long COVID, chronic fatigue syndrome, fibromyalgia, POTS, a skill that they need to develop. It's a peaceful way of being. It is calmness. It is the exact opposite of running away from yourself. But it is difficult in the beginning. And I will come to the point why that is. Especially when you have post-viral fatigue or long COVID. But first, let's go back to the year 2014. By September, I ended a relationship that was eight years. And that was a pretty toxic relationship, unfortunately. I had high hopes, high expectations for this relationship. I put a lot of effort in it. But whatever I did, it did not really seem to work. We should have broken up years before that, but I was stalling it. And quite frankly, I was petrified of being alone again. Then after the breakup, I actually went into a good phase. I felt better. I felt good. A lot of things that I was fighting for manifested itself within a short period of of time, let's say six months. I was finally safe. The constant pressure and struggle that I had was gone. And then by the end of that year, I already had like periods of fatigue. I I could still function, but I, I could not go to the gym anymore. I wasn't really functioning. Then the beginning of 2015, my fatigue became permanent. And that happened happened after a so-called viral infection, what people call that way. I developed all the symptoms like slime, coughing, fever, some pain as well. And normally I would expect something like that to, you know, be gone in, in, in a week or something like that, or maybe just a few days. But this one lasted three weeks and this one was remarkable because I had lots of slime 
I also remember not being um, not not having a viral infection for for years prior to that moment. After that, I developed fatigue and I was very tired. But I never really mentioned this because there is another mechanism in play here, something that we overlook when we look when we talk about it this way. Because for the first, let's say years, I felt like I was a victim of a virus and I was tired and I heard all these stories about viruses, how they are dormant in your body, how they are actually dead matter, really tiny particles and they go in, in your body somehow, nobody knows how they enter your body, nobody knows how they duplicate because you know they're dead, so nobody knows where they're coming from as well. And at that time, there wasn't any test to see if you have a virus infection. And the test that people think that they, that they have done with the result that is there right now is very questionable because it doesn't detect a virus directly, but it is looking for secondary things that can be the consequence of that so-called virus anyway. I don't want to go into much details, but a lot of people have, since the lockdown, developed long COVID, and they experience the exact same symptoms, although they might vary from person to person, as someone who have post-viral fatigue. And, you know, in the years before, uh, EBV virus was notorious for having uh, uh, fatigue afterwards. Most people, however, when they are in a phase that um, they have fatigue after a virus infection, they want to get back to their old life. So they don't allow themselves the time to rest. And it doesn't mean that I think that resting is the cure here. Because, as you might notice, for the ones who did rest, or maybe just after a small period of pushing themselves, where they finally started listening to their bodies, everything went downhill. So resting is not the cure here. Resting doesn't work. I've noticed this as well in lots of clients, where the moment where they stopped working was the moment they went from 70%, what they always say, or 80%, all the way to rock bottom. People in medical science and, well, the general population thinks that when you have something like this, you should just wait. You should be patient and waiting and your body will heal itself. But obviously, this is not working. Therefore... You can't be a patient. And that's why as well the podcast is called different. It's called healing differently. Because you're not going to heal in the normal way. Because you have to understand the problem. And it's the opposite. The opposite of healing differently is healing indifferent. That's when you become a patient and you think someone else or my body or life itself will fix this for me. This used to work with a lot of things, 
where you just have to take some time. But obviously, long COVID or post-viral fatigue is something completely different. So we have to understand what is going on. And I'd like to take you on an adventure that turns everything upside down. And now it comes, trigger alert. When someone tells me that they have COVID, I always congratulate them because I think it is a good thing. In the years prior to the lockdown, I was investigating a lot into these viruses. Like I've been busy with this stuff since 2015. I've, li I've read all the research and most of the research has a lot of assumptions. And when you trace back the assumptions, you end up nowhere. So I started looking at it completely different. Differently. So congratulations for having a viral fatigue. Because, you know, I don't see post-viral fatigue or long COVID as a disease. I don't see COVID or a viral infection as a disease. Instead, I see what was before that as disease. Literal dis-ease. Not being at ease. That means being in resistance. Being against yourself. Being against life. Not being in the flow. That, what, that is what is what disease means, I think. So then there comes a point where you start to go in the flow, where you open up, where you relax. A period where all the pressures that you put on yourself are maybe gone for a while. Imagine not having to go to work anymore. Imagine that you can work from home for a while and there is no peer pressure or there is no pressure to, to be in traffic where you're in the fight or flight mode in stress, in resistance to get on time in the office after that, go quickly to the supermarket stand in line with everybody else now imagine a lockdown where you're at home and you can just be there and there is a, a less pressure on you Imagine what something will do to a human being. It's the same thing as why people in the 80s and 90s and the, and the zeros were always getting sick when they went on a holiday. Isn't that like the most common picture that we all have in mind? Like a very stressful dad going on a holiday and after three or four days, dad got sick. He must have... Uh, called a virus that's what we say someone in this campsite or this bungalow park must have given him a viral infection it's probably even from the pool don't you think lots of viruses can swim into the water that's what we tell ourselves but i don't believe this is the, the this is the accurate way of of things being now after the dis-ease the stressful period you come in a, a relaxed period. And the old Germanics called this period the incubation time. Let's say there was a man and his wife died. Then the whole village gave him rest for him to incubate. And after the incubation period, 
a disease was expected. Or, let's turn it completely upside down, a healing phase. And for the ones who have dived into Germanic new medicine, you know exactly what I mean. The disease, what we call disease, is actually the healing phase. So that's COVID. What does COVID do? It cleans you. A high fever, it cleans the cells, it cleans the organs. And you're, you're cleaning yourself. So why do I get sick after that? Well, we humans, especially right now in the smartphone age, where we are chronically stressed, we're more stressed than ever, we swallow stress. And this stress is, has not been released. And we store it in our body. And it can attach itself into our cells, into our organs, into uh, the tissue, well, basically almost everywhere. And then we get sick, we clean ourselves from this stress, but unfortunately the stress was a bit overwhelming, so the stress is coming into our unconscious mind. This means that we are not aware of it, but it is obviously there. It's sort of the engine running in the background. You can't deny it anymore. And although you think that you have control over life with your conscious mind, you actually hardly have any. Because it is your unconscious mind that rules you. Whenever there, some, there is something happening in your life or something is triggered, like a stressor that is in your unconscious mind, and you want to avoid feeling this, you automatically run or hide or flight to a coping mechanism and these coping mechanisms are very stressful and this stress is again stored into your body 10 20 30 or 40 years of storing stress in your body and then something magical happens covid or any other viral infection that goes a little bit deeper than just the average virus infection the stress is coming up. It, it wants to leave your body. That's what stress wants. How do you release stress? Uh, yawning, shivering, shaking, trembling, expression, laughing, crying, screaming, yelling, pushing, uh, creativity, and relaxing yourself and there's probably a few methods that i forgot mentioning right now so that's what it wants but since the egoic mind has made the decision that you don't want to feel this way of stress people swallow their stress and the stress can be a very uncomfortable feeling like loneliness for example or uh, abandonment, loss, fear. And these are usually uh, feelings that you store on your chest. Let's say your heart or your lungs. So people have been coughing and having lung problems. Maybe some slime as well. So something is getting loose 
at this organ where you have stored stress, the lungs or the heart. When these stressors come up, but the egoic mind and you yourself still choose to, let's say consciously or unconsciously, not wanting to feel these sensation, not wanting to let go of it, because when you have to let go of it, you need to release it. And in order to release it, you need to feel it. By not wanting this, unconsciously most of the time, or not even knowing how to do this, or not even knowing anymore how to feel, because this is also a common thing, so stuck in your mind, so disconnected from the body, then the amygdala together with the limbic brain perceives this stress as a danger. And in order to protect you from this danger, it is creating symptoms by what is called TMS nowadays. TMS has been researched thoroughly in the 80s and in the 90s. And I think well as well in the, in the 70s. But it is controversial. Plus, it is also not really something that people want to know. It's an inconvenient fact that this is happening. So, the body can create symptoms. The mind can create symptoms. Fatigue and pain is made in the brain anyway. If you cut off your finger, you will have pain in your finger. Or no, your brain is telling you that there is pain in your finger. It is a protection mechanism. And over time, the pain will decrease. It will be almost like a, like a, like a line like going, fading out, more or less. In the beginning, it's hard, it's difficult, but it gets less and less and less and less. Because, you know, the body healed and you're out of danger and the pain is no longer needed. This is normal pain. But what is it with the pain and fatigue that just keeps coming and going and after an activity is suddenly flared up instantly? This is not normal pain and not normal fatigue. This is a fatigue called TMS. It's a protection mechanism from your brain to protect you from your own internal stressors. The symptoms that your mind or egoic mind or unconscious mind chooses that are right for you must be something that you believe in. Because if you don't believe in it, you are immediately confronted with what is in your unconscious mind and the distraction no longer serves a purpose. Therefore, these symptoms are usually known to be in old injuries. People say, oh, there's something wrong with my back. Uh, there's something going on there. And it's back into your back again. Or intellectual people get brain fog. Or people who are very active and runners, they get um, muscle aches in the legs. People who masturbate a lot on porn and they have read about pelvic pain they can develop pelvic pain because first they was there was the coping mechanism of porn secondly 
there was this knowledge about pelvic pain related to this. And then third, there was this symptom actually developing. And anything that is a coping mechanism is um, stirring up old wounds and it is making it worse because you're doing it to not feel something. Then you give that message, well, let's say very practical. Let's say you have the deep belief that you're unworthy. Then something happens and you feel unworthy. But this happens unconsciously. Then, in order to not feel, you're going to distract yourself from this via a coping mechanism. Fight, flight, hide. Let's say porn in this case. But by running away from something inside of yourself, you increase the feeling that it is not good enough. And therefore the, stre the stress increases. Plus, this aspect of you is so denied that there is also internal anger. There is sort of a split in the mind. And then you can develop a symptom. But what kind of symptom does it develop? Because if you've never heard of pelvic pain before, you won't develop pelvic pain. Therefore, these symptoms are always symptoms that are, as they say in TMS, that are in vogue, something that you believe. And this goes to extreme things, to extreme symptoms. And not to say that these symptoms are not real. These symptoms are very real. And they are worse than actual fatigue and worse than actual pain. It is like the most severe thing that a human can experience. It doesn't get any worse than this. But there are symptoms and I don't go into into to lots of names right now because all of it is still quite controversial because people need to believe that it is real they need to believe that there must be permanent damage because that is the distraction but there are uh, these symptoms that have labeled themselves into syndromes or into diseases that happen on one side of a border where like a big majority of the population has it but on the other side of the border where they speak a different language nobody has it so within five kilometers kilometers the amount of the, of the the way of symptoms or diseases can completely change so it is cultural it is regional but it is most of all something that you've heard before or something that you think that is serious for me fatigue is extreme i still find it very hard because every now and then i still develop symptoms but the reason why for me fatigue was a very extreme uh, believable symptom is that the only thing that i had in life was my unlimited energy it was something that I needed. Something that I needed to do my coping mechanisms. To prove myself. To show that I'm worthy. Uh, to impress others. Uh, it was something that was necessary for me to survive. It was a survival energy. Therefore it was involved with lots of stress hormones. And I pushed myself further than, than I should have. 
should have had. So I was basically living on stress hormones. Then people want to recover. They want to heal. But that's not what they want. They want to go back to the phase of disease that was prior to the big shock that brought everything up. So they are actually in healing phase, but they want to go back to the phase where they were diseased. Well, not like they were dead. The phase of stress, the phase of conflict, that's where they would like to go to. You can actually do this. And you can do this with neuroplasticity. And you can have very fast results. And you can be, again, maybe if you've released enough stress in the, mean, in the meantime, you can b go back to your old phase and you can pursue all the things that you wanted again. People go to the gym to overcompensate their weakness or uh, a body type that they uh, dislike. People can start working uh, full-time or uh, two jobs to prove their worthiness or to pursue money because they have the feeling that there is something lacking or that they're not good enough, that there is a lack etc 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 so you can do this for the majority however they can go back to this original 80s to 70 percent line the the uh, the place where they were before a chronic disease really got out of hand and that's what i call the pit you can fall into the pit when you stop working because you focus 100% of your time almost on your most favorite favorite problem in life which is yourself and healing but you don't understand it and therefore you're going in circles and you're believing the symptoms that are there as distractions and you focus on them all the time and you hardwire them via, via something that is called neuroplasticity plus if the stressors that are coming up is for example, fear, you will become extremely fearful and in resistance then, then against your symptoms. But your symptoms were there to protect you from fear. But instead, they increase the fear. So then you get more fear and then you need more symptoms and then you get more fear. And then although you don't see it, your unconscious mind is so full of fear that you're the most afraid person almost on this planet or in your environment so you radiate fear but you can't feel it so you think rational all the time and you think that it is a rational thing to do to listen to your body and to hide yourself in your bed but then you're going to distract yourself again fight flight hide via let's say mobile phone addiction and then you're just adding 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 stress hormones to your body and your body can't store them anymore in your tissue so they're in your unconscious mind and it doesn't last long before you can't sleep anymore you have nightmares and you can't relax anymore and this is what i call the pit it's a very dark place and it's a place where I've been a long time. So how to get out of the pit then? First of all, we have to stop caring about the symptoms. And this means 
stop wanting to heal, which is actually for most of you. Stop wanting to go back to the phase before the healing phase. So give up. That's basically the first thing that you have to do. Stop giving a shit anymore about it. Laugh about your symptoms. And then in the work that I do in the recovery program, it's all about releasing stress step by step. When we go in waves, first we create something that is good so that a stressor can come up. And then we go to actively work to let the stressor go. And every time you're in, you're participating actively in this healing wave, you're healing. And as soon as a symptom stays stuck, you're stuck in a healing phase. That's what a chronic disease basically is. It is called stuckness. So you're not healing, but you're also not sick. You're stuck. Yes. So, um, yeah, this shines for almost everyone a completely different light upon yourself and upon your situation. But most of all, it empowers you. It empowers you to do the work. And it doesn't mean that your symptoms uh, can be gone in a few weeks or days. It can be, but it doesn't have to. Because most of you have a very complicated life so far with a lot of swallowing stress, stress uh, suppression. And we can call the unconscious mind a little bit like an onion with hundreds or thousands of layers with stress. And by actively going into a healing phase, you will develop symptoms over and over again. But instead of being in resistance towards the symptoms, you completely ignore these symptoms. And you're doing the work that makes you become aware of your own internal stress. And there is no one size fits all because it's your personal story. It's your personal stress. And when you do that, you uh, are not in resistance. You don't add more stress hormones to the situation. So you can sleep better. Um, so the overall exhaustion becomes less and less. Plus the symptoms, the, the symptoms that people talk about when they're 70 or 80% can just disappear. For a day or two or three until something gets triggered again. And then you have symptoms. People call this relapses. And they think that you can't really heal from something like this. Because you can have a phase, for example, when you're really good at doing the work. Where you have a month, no symptom anymore. So you're a month long in the healing phase of letting go of old stress. But then something overwhelming happens. And you get symptoms. And if you're going into resistance to that and really obsessing about the symptoms then you're actually uh, falling into the trap that these distraction symptoms are there for a valid reason but they're not they're distractions so by 
looking at it from this way, you know what to do to heal. And it's not a very simple process. I think it is overall if you understand it. But since humanity has hardwired itself to not release stress, there are some, some steps that we need to, to do to de-stress and to unstress yourself and to let go of the stress. And that is actually going the opposite way. It is doing everything the opposite way. Instead of uh, fighting symptoms, we're going to welcome it. Instead of obsessing it, we're going to ignore it. We allow it. Instead of uh, coping by uh, outrunning a feeling that we have inside of ourselves, we're going to stop, sit down and see if we can find what it is that is creating the symptom. What stressor is so bad that our mind is unconsciously producing symptoms for us as a service to us so that we don't have to feel this stress. That's basically the work. And then you're actively in a healing phase. And that doesn't mean that you're completely healed. Very often people ask me, am I completely healed? No. No, but I'm not stuck in a healing phase. So that's the main difference. I get triggered almost every day. And then I have a symptom. And then I have to release it. And maybe this is just something that happens in 30 minutes. You know, triggering, symptoms, release, and go back to life. And if your life is really small, like you're only laying in bed, for example, then everything will trigger you because everything is outside of the comfort zone. If there is a lot of fear as well, part of your internal stress bucket, then you cannot feel this. But going down the stairs will massively trigger this because you are afraid of symptoms. And then you get, depending on how suppressed this fear is inside of you, you have a delay. And then we call that post-exertional malaise, for example. It's again a signal that we have the wrong label here. Then some of these stressors attach themselves to organs, let's say the bladder, let's say the heart. And when you do something that is outside of your comfort zone, let's say standing up, you can develop POTS. Your heart rate goes up insanely. Now you can go to the doctor to that and wear specific socks for that. But I think you're again falling into a trap of not finding the stressor and to release it. What stressor lies on the heart? Breathe through the heart and connect with it. Feel it. It will tell you a story, not rationally, but intuitively. Don't buy all this crap. Don't think that there is anything wrong with your organ. But do the work. Find a stressor and release it. Sometimes I develop POTS as well. I sit down, I do the work, I release it and it's gone. And maybe it comes back in a month again. So 
it's really not that bad, you know. It's really not a really a bad thing to get COVID. It's really not a bad thing to have long COVID. We can do this. We can actively help our bodies by releasing stress. This is what my work is all about. I'm not a fast going back to your old life guy. And maybe you can see the difference in the ones that will guide you back to your old stressful life or the ones that will guide you back to your new life. If you can see the difference, then you will understand what the difference is. But do you want to go back to your old stressful life? Do you want to keep suppressing? Because we all know where that will lead you to, right? You will get eventually back to the stuck healing phase. There's no question about it. Or do you want to actively release stress? Become whole with all your internal stressors? Stop the internal war. Stop as well the need for coping addictions and overcompensating, etc., etc., etc. And be a peaceful, silent you that I am at times embodying and sometimes I'm doing it uh, on purpose in my videos to show you that there is another way to heal, to stop the internal war. And then finally, for everyone who is waiting for politics or for medicine to provide you a magic pill or something like that, stop doing this. Don't be a patient because you can be patient for decades and it's not a pleasant thing to be stuck in a healing phase. No. Be inactive and release stress. Participate in healing. Participate in letting go and join the Alignment Recovery Program, which is a donation-based program that helps you enter this wave of releasing stress and, yeah, heal yourself and see who you can be on the other side. And it will take time. You will need some new skills. In the beginning, you know, it's not easy to let go of stress, but... If you keep on working on this actively, in six months from now, you will be, be become so good at releasing stress and you can understand your, your symptoms. If I, for example, make you think about certain feelings that are inside of your unconscious mind, some TMS distraction symptoms can flare up instantly. And when we can release this by feeling it through, they can disappear just as fast. So wouldn't that be empowering for you to really understand what is going on? Because if you understand this mechanism, you're not afraid anymore. But the, f the fear might still be inside of you. But you're, you're not afraid anymore of the symptoms. And then you can just actively release fear. And that is again a very beautiful process. Although it might have been overwhelming for a child to regulate fear, as an adult you have the ability to do this. And it feels liberating. It feels like freedom. So, 
become an active, join the alignment recovery program. If you're stuck, the Facebook group will help you. If you need more personal help, I can be there for you as a coach. And I wish you all the best. I wish you a very beautiful healing face with lots of ups and downs, but in a very fast pace. And I wish you the ability to release all your stressors. Have a beautiful day. Bye.